bitch with the negative Nancy's. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancys. My name is Roy Walker and I'm joined at the adult table today with my fellow Nancys, Primo Thomas, Matt DeVita, and guest Nancy, Mason Chinchilla Kinsilla. With us as always is junior Nancy and gorgeous Dragon Ball Z fangirl, Tyler Cleary. Today we will be discussing bad audiences as we record from five separate locations with fine adult beverages. So drink your drink that gets rid of the twitch because now it's time for the Nancys to bitch. Today we are joined by composer, conductor, and our very dear friend Mason Kinsilla. Uh, before we get into that though, let's talk boozing. Leading off with our guest Mason, what are you drinking? Alright, well I'm starting off with a uh, Jameson Irish Whiskey Stout Edition. Mm. And then I'm going to move on to an Ellicottville Blueberry Maple Pancake Beer. Nice. Fan. Absolutely. Primo? Mm. I am drinking Kona Big Wave. Delicious. Matt? I am drinking a, a natural lime white claw. Ooh, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Dirty mm, girl. Dirty girl. Tyler? I am drinking coffee and amaretto uh, because I actually really like this. <laughs> Fantastic. However, uh, I am going to pick up some white claws tonight. Damn straight. Before the end of the season, Tyler, you need to figure out another thing to mix coffee and orange juice with. <laughs> right. Maybe I'll pick up some Baileys. Weak. I am drinking a Malbec. Um, made by Portillo. It's an Argentinian red wine. It's very good. Word. I did this in honor of Mason because I thought it'd be a little classier than fucking Jamo. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of this was not to be classy. It was just to get trashed and start complaining. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's essentially what happens is we get trashed and we complain. But like, you know, I try to <laughs> be nice to my guests. Thank you. So Mason, what do you do? I compose and I conduct. I started because I wanted to conduct what I composed. I studied and graduated from NCCC and uh, moved on to Canisius College where I did everything that I said I was going to do several years before I thought I would do it. And now I'm just about to graduate. I am all online now because of this wonderful social distancing. Yeah. And we'll just kind of see where it goes. I'm taking it one day at a time, not just with the virus, but uh, in life, one day at a time. Word. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. As we said earlier, our topic of the day is bad audiences. And I'm sure you have a ton to say about that. Uh, I know Matt is a drummer. Tyler plays bass. I've played a lot of shows over the course of my life. And Primo is uh, just a terrible, terrible spectator. So, Mason, do you have a story that you want to just, like, start us off with? He uh, plays the radio, as my dad would say. I could argue that sometimes theater audiences can be the worst. Yeah, they probably are the worst. Right. Oh, yeah. Because there's an etiquette that goes behind it, but yeah. I think maybe I'll, we, we should talk about what makes the audience rude. Mm. And then we should go into the stories. What's your opinion? The biggest one... The biggest one I have that I can't stand is the late arrival. Mm. Old house. Right. There's a lot of theaters that do it, but there's a lot of theaters that don't do it. You lock the door. Right. And then you can't come in until the end of act one. That's just the way that it should be done. Or you stand at the back of the house. But don't cross in front of me when you're in the middle of the row and you have to jump over 19 <laughs> pairs of legs to get to your seat. Right. It's yep. just ridiculous. <laughs> At least from a theatrical experience, it seems like to be <laughs> the worst demographic of audience members I, yeah. I'll say it. It's the fucking elderly, man. We bitch a lot about old people on this fucking show. They're the goddamn worst. Definitely. They have a hard time like understanding a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Whoa, Tyler. No, it's it's not even that though, dude. Have you ever heard of the uh the old people whisper? Oh my god. It's so bad. If you and I are whispering, we're whispering like this, but old people whisper like, Hey Mary! I'm whispering, but I'm shouting at you. This actor is terrible. You want one of these extra butterscotches I brought? <laughs> what are they selling? I have a miniature story that goes with that whispering, all right? Mm. Most of my concerts involve going to Klein Hands, but you picture yourself in whatever your favorite concert setting is, all right? There's a particular piece, and it was variations on a theme, okay? So it's like an hour long. They play like a 30-second snippet, and then the orchestra and the pianist, they go through and they play like 25 different variations on that theme. There's one particular theme. Mind you, these are only like maybe one or two minutes a piece. It's a famous piece of classical music. It was used in all sorts of movies. I can't remember which one at this point. It's probably Freebird. <laughs> no. It's um, Rhapsody on a Theme by Paganini, Rachmaninoff. Also happens to be my favorite part of that piece. I wait for this section, this slow movement, and these two old ladies in front of me go, you know, this, this is that famous one. 
this is that one that's in the movies. It's the famous, it's the, it's the famous one. She repeated herself like four times. Oh By God. the time she was fucking done, that section was over and they were on to the next piece already. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's my old lady oh, whisper story. Dude, that feels that. personal. She needs a DNR fucking neck tat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I feel like I've told you guys this story before. One of the best old people whisper stories was when I was a sophomore at NU. We were doing the play Proof. Um, spoiler alert for those of you who have never seen Proof. Basically, this brilliant mathematician dies and he leaves behind this impossible math equation that no one's been able to solve. And lo and behold, someone solves it. At the end of the play, you discover that it's his daughter who was the one who solved the equation. And right before the scene where the where they reveal it, the woman, this dead silence in the audience, and then you hear this, she goes, oh, she wrote it, Marianne. She wrote it. <laughs> like, out loud. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, shut the fuck yeah. up, Gladys. <laughs> oh, God, spoilers is a whole other game. And a live spoiler, yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, One of my favorite yeah. parts of really rude audiences, people that for some reason firmly believe that what's happening on stage is real or that like someone has actually done this at some point or like they're watching someone yes. <laughs> commit some sort of like, yeah, some sort of like moral, morally incorrect thing. So <laughs> recently there was a production. Someone hear that? Is that Brad playing the piano? It probably is. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of rude audiences, Jesus. So I don't have any like theater stories. I only have like touring and like playing show stories. No, dude, don't you? You have a couple. I thought you had a couple theater stories from Entrip. Uh, well, I like I have like a mix of like call it, like actors like not projecting and me getting shit on for it. Yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll talk about that. That first show of Anne Frank. Oh my god, that was terrible. It happened every show. One of my favorite rude audience stories is uh, it involves the kind of audience that like really gets into the story, but a little too into it to where they think that the people on stage are actually doing real things or committing moral atrocities from their judgment. And now. There was recently a uh, production of Bridges of Madison County, um, and before any of the actual like um, uh, affair takes place on stage, she's just like flirting with him. Some old woman in the front fucking row, out loud, just goes, "What a slut!" <laughs> <laughs> At Michelle Benson, <laughs> exactly. They're, they're not real. Yeah. Where the fuck do you think you are? Oh, God. No, she's not actually cheating on her husband. <laughs> yeah, like I was doing prop work for um, a show at Irish Classical Theater in Buffalo, and there's a scene where the guy does like blow on the stage, but it's not. It's movie quality blow, yeah. which is essentially just like a simple version of a B8 vitamin. <laughs> you get energized from B8, so I guess there's a little bit of that, but like it's, it's very simple, very simplistic. And people were talking about it like, wow, he really does blow in front of everybody? No! Oh, he didn't fucking do blow in front of everybody, you crazy Obviously. asshole. Obviously. <laughs> we're also going to pop some quaaludes while we're at it. No, he went backstage and did the blow after the show was over. The first show I did at NCCC, Pippin, we got a nasty email or phone call. I can't remember which one it was from a patron. Both. Who was like, well, I was so upset with how they portrayed Charlemagne. Like Charlemagne was such a great king, and it was they were just making fun of him, and we were like, yeah, write it. We're like, yeah, and he was a shitty person. What are you talking about? Sorry, I guess we'll hear Stephen Schwartz's email. You yeah. call that Tony Award winner and tell him that. <laughs> Sorry, too soon. <laughs> Historically, not awesome. <laughs> Fucking nut job. <laughs> I have another point that will kick off several more stories, I'm sure, and that is coughing uh, continuously. Hmm. Not even Corona coughing, just regular <laughs> fucking coughing, okay? And then, you, if just like, okay, cough once, get the hell out of the way, but if it's like a 30-second ordeal and you're choking and you're gasping for breath, you need to step up and like exit the fucking theater for a second, get yourself a minute to collect. Then, mm. this has to do with the elderly demographic once again. They try to hold back that coughing with the cough drops that I don't even know 
where you still find the cough drops that are wrapped in 100% cellophane. Okay. I don't know where they get them. I don't know if there's a sale at Rite Aid. I don't know how they find them. But then it takes five minutes to open the cellophane wrapper. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, sorry. Was I being distracted? <laughs> yeah. And they, they, they take them out of the bag they come in and they put them in a Ziploc gallon bag that also makes noise that they will then, I guarantee you, wash and dry and store chicken breasts in that Ziploc bag because they will reuse that Ziploc bag. Do you, is that what you do? Do you do that? It's not what I do. It's not what I do, but I've experienced it. I know, that, that felt a little personal. <laughs> when Kirsten and I went to go see Superior Donuts, we're sitting on the aisle, and I remember this older gentleman was sitting like four seats back on the other aisle. So like we're sitting like each on the aisle, and he's having a conversation with himself about what's happening on stage. Like someone would come on and say something, and he'd be like, oh, wow. Whoa. Oh, can you believe that? And I just like kept turning around looking at him like Sir, may I get you a gag? <laughs> like like can you yeah, believe I, it? I can believe it. Like, yeah. Just like guys the whole show having a conversation with himself and his wife trying to tap him on the leg to tell him to shut the fuck up, but he's an old man, so he's just like, Oh, you're telling me to do more. Right. Okay. Yo, you're encouraging me like a dog. <laughs> That's like very similar to like when there's like an elderly couple and one couple I mean one of the uh like the husband can't hear very well, but the wife can hear oh pretty well. God. And then they're like, oh, this is because he wants to fuck his sister. Uh. It's like, what? <laughs> this is when I saw Tis Pity, She's a Whore. Yeah. yeah. There was just an old couple in the corner and it, like the wife was explaining the whole story the entire show. Quick story. I was doing um, Romeo and Juliet with um, co-workers of us, Kate. And um, at the time, uh, Rick was the TD there. And we had one situation where we were doing a... Mm-hmm. I think it was just like a student student matinee for those of you who don't know what a student matinee is it's a theatrical show that starts before you're awake <laughs> this lady walks in and this is this is a black box setup very intimate seating it's very dark and she walks in and she has like a big bucket of Popeye's chicken and she just sits down in the fucking front row because she didn't want to be intrusive and walk and go to like like walk in and then the way it was designed was to go up some steps to like one of the back seats. She's sitting in the fucking front row with a big old bucket of chicken. She's just eating chicken really, really, really loud. If anybody's ever eaten like Popeye's chicken or any type of like fast food chicken like that, it has a bit of an odor to it. The whole place just started smelling like chicken. We took an intermission and at the point in time I was like I was very, very upset. And I walked down there and I was just like, could you please go eat your chicken somewhere else? And then she got mad at you. Yeah, I'm the asshole, right? Well, don't be a fucking idiot. You know, I don't come to Burger King and tell you how to know work. Know where you are. Oh, you need to know. You should be able to know that. It's not that complicated. A second story going along the same uh, show. We decided to do like a female cast, essentially, for like the main two roles of Romeo and Juliet. So Romeo was played by a female, as was Juliet. um, And it tied into society because, uh, you know, gay people are not respected by the Niagara County community that we live in by and large. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The first step in solving a problem is to admit there is one. We had this family walk out during intermission in a show, and they left their um, they, they left all their programs on their seats um, face down, but, like, very, like, obviously, like, oh, somebody placed this here. We picked it up, and then they circled the two actresses that were in the show that played Romeo and Juliet, and wrote, um, homosexuality is wrong. That's fucked up. Same show. You got <laughs> fucking chicken up. lady Jesus. and you got intolerance McGee. <laughs> that's not, that, that's what? nuts, man. Right, you remember during Midsummer that during one of the talkbacks for Midsummer Night's Dream, we had to have right. a female step into the role of Lysander. This person was like, well, why's the dude being played by a woman and Kate and I were just like oh, going off of that with old ladies like, and the, no. and like stylistically similar shows when we did um, Godspell remember when we did that talk back and there was a lady who was just like why do you have your mics up here and then I was just like do you really want me to give you a drawn out explanation of my like of my sound design that I went to college for you crazy old lady so I just started explaining it she's like well usually the mics are down here oh, and dude. I was just like could you hear them good great <laughs> there are some pretty whack people for the Godspell Spell talkbacks. Was that the same lady that asked Brandon how he got to become Jesus? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Was. Uh, yeah, shout out to oh Brandon. He got to play Jesus in back-to-back shows that had nothing to do with one another. <laughs> Double Jesus. Do you guys remember the dude uh, for the Godspell talk back that looked at Danny and was just like, I, the way you look, man, I didn't expect you to dance like that. What a dick. And Danny was just like, what? That to be like, wow, nice moves, bro. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I know, right? You didn't have to be like, with the way you look. Tyler, so Jesus. remember when Anne Frank opened? We had a line of elderly people waiting by the soundboard to be like, is there any way you could have turned up the microphones? No, Carol. You're supposed to use microphones. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's that was oh, so dude. annoying. To me. I don't have an hour to sit down and tell you about sound. So, no. We need to take a quick break, and we'll come back with um, Tyler's story that we cut him off of because it's Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler. Hey guys, uh, this week in lieu of uh, paid promotional ads, Primo Roy and myself would like to take the time to shout out some agencies that really need donations right now. Um, one of the biggest agencies that needs a lot of help is the Red Cross. COVID-19 has caused worldwide panic and created a scarcity of resources. We have heard a lot about masks and gloves and toilet paper, but we really haven't heard a lot of people talking about the need of blood. Um, the Red Cross has had to cancel so many blood drives in order to keep their employees and our communities safe. This quote is directly from their website. We are working quickly to identify and replace blood drives canceled due to workplace and school closures. Search for opportunities near you and check back often as we are continuously adding new donation opportunities. If you don't see available appointments near you or in the near future, please search 7 to 15 days out. The need for blood is constant and patients need your help. As you can see, the uh, situation isn't ideal, but if you are asking what you can do for your community right now, please consider donating blood. Go to the redcrossblood.org, uh, follow a few simple steps to find your nearest donation location, and give blood as soon as you can. Thank you for your consideration and helping your community. Now, let's get back to it. And we're back. Uh, Mason, you had something to piggyback off of your coughing story. We just deliberately skipped over Tyler. That's fine. That's fine. We'll have to come back to Tyler later. I'll wait my turn. I will wait my turn. You'll get 30 seconds later, I'm sure. Just as disgusting as the cough, okay, is the open air wet sneeze. Uh, Okay? uh, There was a woman. Now, I cannot take credit for this analogy, okay? Brad actually created this, all right? But it's fantastic, and it totally paints a picture. Same concert, same place, I should say. Klein Hands, listen to BPL, okay? It's a coughing fest. We were trying to, he and I were trying to bet from which corner of the auditorium the next cough was going to come from, okay? Then, some bitch, like, eight rows back, she (laughs) sneezes the wettest sneeze that it sounded like she tore open a Velcro sneaker. <laughs> she sneezed her Velcro sneakers right off. Man, there's so many like jokes in there. I can't even. I can't even like pick Jesus. one. It's like a shark looking at a like a school of fish. Like I can't pick one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler. Let's let's jump back to your story. I guess. All right. So this is straying away from like the theater side of like bad audiences. But it's gonna get old. Ah, that's <laughs> <laughs> quick. Right. No. Nah, so I uh, my biggest pet peeve is like. In between like songs, like we're like about to announce the next song and people literally just like answer a fucking phone call right in the middle of it. They're like, what? Yeah. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up, man. Like they, people Holy don't shit. understand how distracting it is. The biggest thing for me is most like old school people like play like bass with their fingers. I don't. I use a pick. And like I literally got off stage after my set and this older guy came up to me. He was like, you're a fucking bitch for using a pick. And I was like, whoa, dude. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I will not lie, Tyler. It is impressive when somebody can get that really precision-y bass thing and they're not using a pick. But like, it's just so much easier and you don't have to focus on it as much. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, like, I don't know. I like the sound of bass guitar with a, with a pick. I've been playing for a long fucking time and I love it. Oh, yeah. But I think uh, the craziest story I have for uh, experience with uh, audiences, I was right before my set, I was playing a show in Rochester and I'm behind this person watching some basketball on TV this girl like pulls her tit out and squirts titty milk all over the fucking bar and the whole crowd just fucking leaves man the whole crowd just leaves and after this is happening the bartender's just like smiling at her wiping it up with a cloth saying like that was awesome like what the fuck all right well tyler wins i guess (laughs) 
No Holy joke, man. Shit. Who asked for that? Tyler, you always just like pop in with a gem every once in a while, man. Just like the <laughs> best fucking thing you've heard. This is why he gets only 30 <laughs> seconds. He can't upstage us like this. Ridiculous. You're you're too good for us, Tyler. Yes. <laughs> just kidding. All right, so I got a couple questions for Mason. What have you been doing in isolation that supplements what you're losing in your compositions and your conducting? At first... Not that this is a an experience to enjoy, but uh, it was the first week of isolation was technically my spring break. Okay, so I would have had off anyway. Um, I did try to relax and try to... Yeah, you would have been with the fellows in Cancun. Oh, absolutely. So I did try to relax and sort of recoup. Um, but now this week, uh, all my classes have moved to online. Of course, NCCC's lost its show. Um, I had a world yep. premiere like three weeks ago. And that was supposed to get five more performances. So I've lost those performances. Mm. Um, But I am trying my best to use my connections to sort of reschedule it, um, you know, sometime the next semester. I will have graduated, but um, I have enough enough people who I think would want to sort of come back. They could probably make it happen in the fall. Um, Yeah. But obviously the stipends and those kind of things that I was about to get, that stuff is all all gone down the drain. Yeah. so luckily, um, one of the things that's still keeping me afloat is uh, mm. I'm also a substitute organist and choir director, and that church is still going to pay me through April. So at least I got that group going for me. But, you know, like right. I said, a lot of shows, a lot of concerts all got, all got canceled. Sorry about that, dude. So you really haven't had an opportunity to like kind of like get in a swing of anything that really takes up a little bit of that, um, you know, that that feeling of, of nothingness. Well, um, Kim, Vincent and I are... are you know, preparing to put on a pretty big Tonson show with all original music of mine in the fall. And uh, I have been working on that Mm. and sort of looking, you know, looking forward to it, looking into the future, getting that stuff ready. So in a way, I do have a lot more time to do that. But uh, again, you know, everything, it went from, it went from 120 to zero and, you know, in three seconds. Um, So it's, it's an interesting thing to cope with, but I've said this to a couple of people, Looking back on this, when this is all over, this is one thing that every single person will have in common. What a wholesome thing for Matt. I have, I always have a wholesome question, which I am saving for the end. Matt, Matt's but, all um, about wholesome. So. Wholesome, and he loves mustard. Something that's kind of fucked up is that like the last thing we had were like, where were you when was 9-11. Right, right, right. 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 And now it's like, where were you when the fucking pandemic struck? What's funny about it is every step of the way, I was like, oh, no way that's going to happen. No way that's going to happen. The schools aren't going to close. There's no way. And then every time it happened... Right. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, the next thing definitely won't happen. And everything, you know. Yep. It is time to do 30 seconds with Tyler. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another segment of 30 Seconds with Tyler. For those of you who are unaware, 30 Seconds with Tyler is Tyler's one time to talk about anything he wants. Doesn't have to be topic related, can just be whatever he wants, but he is racing the clock for points. Tyler, how are you feeling today? I'm doing good, dog. How about you? I'm great. Are you ready to race the clock? I am. Well, good. Your 30 seconds starts now okay so i'm talking about a project by the cia called acoustic kitty it happened in the 1960s and cost about 20 million dollars it involved an hour-long process where they put mics in cats ears and radio transmitters in the base of their necks with the antennas down their spine it was used to spy on the soviet embassies in the united states the first use allegedly happened on washington avenue in dc at a park where the cat was released to spy and it was instantly hit by a car. The project was then canceled due to non-obedient cats and considered a complete failure. Oh! Oh! Man, that was awesome, Tyler. <laughs> Man, holy you shit. might almost maybe get tickets to a Sabres that? game if they ever come back. Holy shit. I practiced it two times. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, we're going to see. Um, so, Mason, it's customary that we let the guest oh who has no God. idea what 30 seconds with Tyler judge from a scale of 0 to 10 on a score. That was absolutely a 10. I mean, that was hilarious. Whoa. 
first 10, Ty. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't at all what I expected. And as much as I like cats, uh, there's something funny about it being hit by a car and the whole fucking plan just goes down the shitter. The intelligence agency that's wrapped up in that? It was a government project. They they didn't go back to the drawing table. They just said, fuck it, let's cancel it. Like, you know what? We've lost enough cat. Cats are disobedient. <laughs> Fuck this. No more cats will die. Let's send some more guys to Vietnam. But the cats, right. no, we already lost one. You don't fuck with cats. Great documentary. Primo, what would you give him? I gotta go with the ten, man. He like it was. He hit the he hit the Kobe at the buzzer, man. Uh, that's what practice does, Tyler. I hope you remember that with your studies. <laughs> he won't. Gotta be a ten for me, dog. That was just fucking flawless. But now it's all on me to be a dick. Okay, well I'm gonna give you. Uh, 10 as well because that was fucking awesome hey! wow. 40 wow. out of 40 undone unheard of this is only the what the fourth episode but still unheard of new if anything below 40 now is total garbage We'll, we'll not accept it's it. Absolutely <laughs> failure. Right. You have officially earned tickets to a Sabres game if they ever come back, and and you have earned a sixty seconds with Tyler next week. Go Tyler! Thank you, thank oh, you. sweetie. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Word. Thank you. Thank you. So that means we're all going to buy tickets to a Sabres game and then we're going to just pitch in and get you one too because that was fucking great, dude. Good job. But wait, can we can we have him sit somewhere else though? Can we sit in good seats and make him sit in well, the nosebleed? I mean, like he's clearly not going to get the aisle seat, but yeah. We'll buy box seats. <laughs> we never said where we were going to put we you. We give him like the shittiest seat ever and we got boxes. I was going to say like, I don't even give a shit about hockey, but I'm in a box. Can you guys pay off for my ticket? Oh, uh, we got to have some hobo for like eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> they put you next to the weird organist guy, Curtis Cook. Wow, I'm so proud of you. All right, I have a question that I thought would be just like a great question to ask after 30 seconds with Tyler because it is such a lighter segment. This is a question for all of you. If you were an ice cream flavor, what would you be and why? Oh, I would be pralines and, and dick. dick. <laughs> All right. Um, no, actually, I don't want an explanation as to why why you are that flavor. I just want to know what you would be, um, Matt. Coffee ice cream with cookie dough chunks. Ooh, oh, yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah. why. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I do. Mason. You know, I got to ask Primo what he thinks, because you see, my favorite flavor would be chocolate. But as the old man that he thinks I am, hang on, as the old man that he thinks I am, what flavor would I be? Butter Douche. pecan. Like pistachio? Butter pecan. <laughs> or that or like rum raisin. <laughs> rum raisin. Absolutely. Tyler. Dollar store vanilla. <laughs> no, I'm going to say uh, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin Dollar pie. store fucking vanilla. Uh. Did you say pumpkin pie? <laughs> yes, I did. Roy. Death by chocolate. I made my living in murder. Okay. Does anybody have a question written down for Mason? Yeah, actually. Mason. Yeah. In uh, your experience like with conducting slash if you've performed, have you like performed as well? Uh, I have actually never performed like, on, you know, in, in a theater setting. I've never acted, you know, slash in a yeah. musical, but I've, you know, given vocal, piano recitals, that kind of stuff. Have you ever had a uh, particularly rude audience member oh, for your God. occasions? Um... I'm sure I have. One that you would have noticed from like the stage and just wanted to turn around and be like, hey, well, Karen, shut the fuck up. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> you know what's funny about that Why name is, picking is Karen? that my piano teacher's name is Karen. She's one of the nicest ladies in the whole world. But uh, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> um, well, the beauty of the conducting as a conductor, luckily, I have my back to the audience and uh, I don't know about the rude things until people tell me afterwards. So I get to ride on that high, at least through the duration of the performance. Um Okay. As a soloist, um, luckily I haven't had anything that's made me stop the show or, or you know, that I've noticed because I'm, I'm kind of, you know, in the zone, uh, for lack of a better phrase. Um, but there's definitely some things uh, afterwards. People are like, oh, you did so great. But by the way, did, didn't you hear that, you know, this or that, the other thing? So I've been lucky that okay. my personal performance has not been affected by any, any rude audiences. And if there's anything you know about Mason, Not Chinchilla like Kinsilla. They don't call him Chinchilla Kinsilla for nothing. He performs. <laughs> he performs. All right. 
No, I was thinking like I was hoping you were gonna have like a Patty Lapone moment where you just stopped everything and then yelled at someone, shut off your. I can't do that yet. I can't do that yet. I do have a couple stories Damn like it. that that weren't me, but uh, I might have to wait until the uh, the next segment because they're kind of lengthy. I was doing a show at this small little bar that's um, out in Buffalo that I, I work with. The, the actually the guy who runs the place primarily used to be the sound designer for like Metallica and uh, Foreigner. So anyway, I go and I fill in for him if he's on tour, if he's sick, or like whatever. Or sometimes like it's a band that he just doesn't want to deal with is a thing. Uh, Joe, I love you. All right. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I was doing a show. And we had a band there from Columbia. Only one guy in the band could speak English. It was very broken. And they're doing a metal show. And there is to literally a crowd of maybe six or seven people. This fucking guy takes one of the house microphones, throws it against the wall, grabs a mic stand, and throws it into the audience, into the middle, like a Whoa. harpoon. Like he's like fucking <laughs> hunting Moby Dick. And... And, and it skimmed the face of the only hot chick in the whole fucking place. There's more spaces in this place with no one than there are people individually. Like, it's not a packed house whatsoever. <laughs> like, there's really not a safe way to throw a mic stand. But, I mean, like, you could have done it in an area where nobody was standing, you dickhead. Anyway, that's one of my stories. I ended up, like, turning off the whole rig, going up on stage and, like, unplugging their amps and saying, get the fuck off my stage. And that was probably <laughs> the, the biggest time I have ever lost my shit over somebody in a show yeah it was a whole thing i like we didn't pay them it was a Whoa. big big and then we made them pay us to replace the microphone that they fucking broke yeah yeah and they only had canadian currency which was like oh, what the fuck man <laughs> with that we're gonna take one more break and then we're gonna come back with some more great shit for you hey there nancy's in lieu of promoting paid sponsors for our debut podcast, we've decided to donate our message breaks to support the local Buffalo theater community. Roy, Matt, and myself will choose a company each week that has really been affected heavily by the COVID-19 pandemic that we truly, truly love. I would like to shout out the wonderful ladies of Second Generation Theater Company. Thanks to Kelly, Kristen, and Aaron, I was able to live out a dream last spring and set design Angels in America for them, and I cannot thank them enough for their kindness. Second Gen has had to cancel their production of Three Tall Women this spring, a travesty to hit many local Buffalo theaters. Second Generation was founded in 2013 by Kelly Copps, Kristen Bentley, and Aaron Lee Dandies. SGT creates quality theatrical experiences that appeal to an emerging generation of theatergoers. By building on Buffalo's strong theatrical roots, they strive to continue the area's tradition of great theater for generations to come. SGT seeks to create powerful theatrical experiences that seek to unite a community of diverse backgrounds and to continually cultivate appreciation and understanding in audiences of all generations through education and engagement. And I am beyond proud to know and work with these amazing women. If you would like to send love and support to Second Generation Theater of Buffalo, New York, online donations can be found and sent at www.secondgenerationtheater.com donate. And to those of you who do help, your assistance and love is most appreciated. And now, back to the pod. All right, and we are back. Uh, so what do we have here, guys? I'm going to lead off with a story that's going to lead into a question for everybody. I So my aunt li has lived in New York City for many, many years, always like loves Broadway, goes to shows all the time. Her favorite show is Phantom of the Opera. She's seen it many, many uh, times. So... She took my grandparents, and this is when my grandfather was in a wheelchair towards the end of his life, and they ended up getting to the show late. Now, my aunt has really good orchestra seats, like sixth row back, right in the center. Oh, shit. So, so they're 10 minutes late for the show. So the show has started, and they're trying to get my grandfather across this row out of the wheelchair into his seat. They get him into the seat and my aunt is trying to like rearrange him, take his jacket off him. And then in the middle of like the fucking musical, he just goes, oh, you're hurting me. <laughs> screaming it out loud. Oh, you're oh hurting God. me. Like just screaming in the middle <laughs> of this theater, man. Oh. So my question is, have you ever been the rude audience member? Oh, that's one of my questions. Absolutely not. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, I most definitely. I'm. I'm positive. I've been the rude audience, but you know what? Yeah, I got a story. You guys remember that story I told uh, a couple episodes ago about uh, my girlfriend and I going to Canada, and we we were blamed for yeah. like an electrical issue. Yes. Okay. Yes. Same story. So we we were there specifically to see uh, the Trues play um, at this venue in Oshawa, Ontario, 
and while we were there um we didn't know how many bands were billed because it was only billed as the trues and guests and there were four opening bands and the show didn't start until eight and each band got like 45 (laughs) and then 15 minute or so changeovers so by the time they went on we were like stupid drunk Mm -hmm. one of the true songs that i really like the most came on and like even if i was you know kind of kind of intoxicated i wouldn't like jump around the way i was jumping around and i spilled like a whole beer over a lady it was a thing (laughs) (laughs) like what's funny is though like it was like i'm like dancing with my girlfriend so i got my arms over and we're just jumping up and down dancing and stuff and then i just just all over this lady and then um she was kind of mad for a minute but she stopped being mad so to make you feel better roy you know, maybe that makes you rude make me to better. that lady in the moment, but as long as you didn't directly affect the performance, I think you were okay. <laughs> yeah, I did not affect the performance, and it was a great show. Go. They did a good job. Good job, the truth. No, you just ruined a lady's night. You know, there's like one time that I actually went to a theater with the intent of being that rude audience member because like I was kind of like sure. I felt wronged in a way that I wasn't cast in a certain role, and I had pregame beforehand, and I had full intention of being like kind of a dick. Yeah. But I was just floored by how awful the production was that I was probably the most respectful person in that room. Yeah. Oh. I was just hammered and like my jaw was agape. I was like, wow, okay, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen, period. And I will never disclose what that was. If you didn't do what you do, what do you think you would be doing? I think that I would be a chef. And it's not just because it's not just because uh, I like to eat, um, mm. which anybody who's ever seen me in person, it's clear. My grandfather on my father's side was a musician, but my mother's father was a chef, and uh, I really like to cook pretty complex things. So I think it really it kind of could have gone either way. But fun fact, I worked at an animal hospital for three years, and um, I gave mm. up music for a short period of time. I actually thought that I was going to go to veterinary school, so... Could go on a th- could go in a third direction. Oh, cool! That's cool. That's cool, man. Um, yeah, this was just like a co- random question I thought of because um, uh, we're all in the entertainment industry, and I just wanted to um, pick your brains on like what the fuck do you think you'd be doing if you weren't in this terrible, terrible thing that you do? For the longest time, I thought I was going into science because I was really <laughs> fucking good at science, um, and I was totally going to go into neuroscience. So um, I'd be working on brains. Cool. That's dope. Wah, yeah. wah, wah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. Loser. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sure. No, it's science it's cool, doesn't man. matter. Neuroscience is awesome. I'm just saying that, like, like that was the end of the story. I was like, oh, I thought I might do fuck that. All of you. Cool. <laughs> I'd be working with brains. That's it. That, like, what? What else do you want? Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that interesting. No. Oh, stop it, Matthew. <laughs> You're blushing. Um. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Primo. <laughs> I'm gonna go off what Mason said. I would have totally. I had actually gotten into culinary school. Well, you worked in hospitality for so long too. So yeah, I was. I was gonna be a chef. Um, I still love to cook. I was not good at science. <laughs> don't 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 come back. I wasn't to me. good at science either, and that's why I decided not to operate on animals. Matt's the most science person yeah. here, and he's great at it. We love yeah. you. I technically have a degree in science, but it's like bullshit. So someone had a senior moment, but we love him, and we got a free Wait. rug out of it. <laughs> you had, you have a degree in a science. I have a degree in applied oh, science, weird. but it's like a bullshit uh, title of the degree. It's just, it's basically just because the people that come up with like the degree programs don't exactly know how to describe the actual degree you have. It's like literally an audio recording and production, but it's considered a fucking science degree. <laughs> Tyler, uh, I was going to go for engineering because I did CAD for so many years and, you know, I was actually like fairly good oh, cool. at it. So, yeah, but audio is cooler. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I was uh, I played a little like uh, some some baseball in my day and I was rather good at one point where I got to do a bunch of really cool things with some some professional stuff, teams, but never actually, you know, like fulfilled that dream. And I kind of like turned it down for music and sound stuff. So. Yeah, manslaughter will ruin those dreams. <laughs> Nobody ever found his body, but you know. <laughs> should I share my should I share my last bitch though? Yes. All right. So yeah, it definitely. starts with a, with a general complaint and then an example. Okay. So besides the coughing and the late arrivals, all right, we have the people who absolutely must one hundred percent 
be in the seat that they purchased, even if there's 25 empty seats around us. Okay. Oh my God. So if it's sold out, that's one thing. If I'm in the, you know, $200 a seat section and, you know, I had a $50 ticket, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. But H18 and 20 will be the same experience as H22 and 24. I was at uh, a BPO concert that encapsulated all the things that I've complained about today. And this woman comes up and she sees, now Brad and I, of course, of course it's Brad, why not? We go to a concert, all right, and instead of being jammed up against each other, until somebody shows up, I'm going to leave one space in between us, maybe for coats, whatever, just room to spread out. And this woman comes up and she stares at us for like 20 seconds and then disappears. Three minutes later, she arrives back. With, a, with an usher, okay, she told on us because I was one seat over. The usher has her glasses down at the bottom of her nose, and she's looking at the ticket and looking at my seat and looking at the ticket and looking at my seat. And she realizes, and, and she goes, excuse me, I have two patrons who have these seats. And I'm thinking in my head, first of all, no, you fucking don't. I'm one person. You have maybe one patron that's in this seat, but the seat next to me, that's still open. But, you know, whatever. So... <laughs> Um, right. Now I'm pissed. I stand up and I move down. All you had to do was say, that's my seat. And I would have said, okay, I was sitting here until so-and-so, you know, showed up. We move on. And again, there are 12 seats in front of me that are empty, 12 seats to the left of me that are empty. You could sit anywhere and it's in the same vicinity and it's the same fucking experience. It's not like you're 18 rows behind mm-hmm. me. So they mm-hmm. tell on me. And I think this woman was related to the woman who was in Mrs. Doubtfire, who told on Robin Williams, she called Mir- Miranda Hillard, please. It's the same woman. Okay, same <laughs> bitch. All right. Good reference. So now we're sitting. We have like 10 minutes until the house lights go down. Oh, you God. had that 10 right. minutes to get your lozenge out, but you wait until the lights dim and the orchestra is playing to pull out your Ziploc bag that once contained chicken, okay, <laughs> to take out... Your cellophane wrapped fucking lozenge, okay? Five minutes she took to take this cough drop out. So whatever. I don't say anything because if I say anything, it's going to be loud because I have no self-control at this point. We fast forward to intermission. Intermission is 15 minutes long. She could have taken those 15 minutes, but again, she waited for the house to dim before she took her bag out of her purse, then took a lozenge out of that bag, and again... It was the piece that opened the second half of the concert, which is the reason why I went to the concert. Oh, my God. This composer, his name is Mahler. He's my favorite composer. If you ever talked to me, you know that. And But I'm not going to get into cool. it. This was the last thing that he ever wrote. And he knew that he was dying. Okay? So it's very emotional. It is very Ooh, wholesome. Boy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm listening. It opens with one section. It opens with the violas only. And she's digging through that fucking bag for another five minutes. <sighs> this is like a 22-minute piece. It's supposed to be a whole symphony, but he died. He didn't finish it. She falls asleep then and is audibly snoring, okay? Oh, what? what? For like three minutes, the woman who she came with had to wake her up. If classical music is not your thing, I get it, fine. But it's a very, it was an emotional sort of process. And um, to rewind, the whole concert was all these Jewish composers. And it was like the, I, I apologize if I don't get the number right. It was however many uh, year anniversary of, you know, the end of the World War II and the freeing of the, right, the freeing of the um, prisoners from Auschwitz. And she falls asleep and has to get mm-hmm. nudged awake to which she fell asleep again. Because I understand it was like, you know, nine o'clock. That's way past her bedtime. I know 730 is usually the cutoff. All right. So we go through all that. And that's it. She falls asleep more than once. All that. And then she covers her mouth and makes the like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. You you should be embarrassed. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous that you you pulled out two lozenges at the most inopportune time, unopportune time. And then you fell asleep twice. So... That that's the most recent, and also the happen to be the most annoying uh, of of my stories that I've, I've encountered the last you know last couple of years of performance. What a fucking bitch, Fuck. man! Wholesome questions. All right, so um, my wholesome question of the week is: um, Do you have a personal experience as an audience audience member? where you felt a sense of oneness or community with your fellow audience members, like where you were witnessing was like an experience that you were all in together? No. Never. Not even one. Not really? Even one time. I had one. I, I hate actually, everyone. Like, I, I actually have one. And I'm, 
I was gonna say like at a movie theater, like theater performance. Like I have. Oh, okay. At a movie theater, I definitely have. <laughs> yeah, Primo. Oh, yeah. Did you fucking applaud the movie like you like your white people on an airplane? No, no, no. We're talking like throughout the entire duration of the piece. You're like, holy fucking shit. We are experiencing something super special right now. I've been to a lot of great music performances um, where yeah. you definitely feel that way. Um, I saw Rush twice and like they're just they're just so, so fucking good, man. So good. R.I.P. Neil Peart. But um, at the same time, uh, probably like one of those experiences I had was I saw Wicked on Broadway at the Gershwin Theater. And it was such I don't know why it was so good because like it's a great show and and stuff. But like to, to be able to do it after I mean, I saw it once in high school. It was It was fine. It was good. And I saw it again when I, I went as an adult and we sat in the front row seats in the center. Like the girl playing Alphaba was crying during certain songs like the so, like, you know, the song um, Meet the Wizard. Mm-hmm. She made me cry during it. Made me cry. Do you remember her name? Which alphabet you had? I had Rachel Tucker, the longest lasting alphabet on Broadway. Hell she was yeah. fucking incredible, man. She was just one of a one of a kind. I have one uh, that that literally changed what the audience was doing. Um, it was again, it was at Klein Hands. It's always going to be Klein Hands, and it was a piece of minimalist music. Nerd. And, right. And if you, if you, if people don't know what minimalist music is, um, it is the complete opposite of everything that classical music was doing up until that point. You take a very small idea and you develop it extremely, extremely slowly. So it's almost the same thing over and over and over again with very small changes. By the time you get to the end of the piece, you're with you end with a different result, but it's very slow for old people. Yeah. So um, it was a violin concerto by Philip Glass who helped develop minimalism. Every movement it was not labeled fast, slow, happy, sad. It was like it was literally basic quarter note equals 86 beats per minute. Like that. That's it. Mm-hmm. And by the time the slow movement ended, everybody in the audience was breathing at the same time. They're breathing at the same rhythm. Everybody had been completely hypnotized. That's incredible. It's fantastic. The, I, I, I noticed it. Um, like somebody from the Buffalo News ended up commenting on it because they were there. And as they're writing the review, they look around and everybody's chest was rising and falling at the same time because they were in sync with what was going on on stage. And that was a powerful moment. That's nuts. That's really cool. Something special when a work of art can bring a, an entire group of people together right. in such a way. One of the only um, platforms that you you can connect with other people like that without ever mm-hmm. speaking a word to somebody. Right. You know? um, that's that's fucking wholesome, Matthew. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The first time I saw us, I went and did Sleep No More in New York. Oh sure. God, yeah. And the way Sleep No More is set up, it's basically immersive theater. And as you're walking around this makeshift hotel, everyone is wearing a masquerade mask, which kind of creates the fourth wall with the actors in front of you. Sure thing. But there are these certain moments when there's big groups surrounding the actors during climactic scenes of the show where you can tell everybody is having the same thought or we're all having the same experience. We're all like, holy shit, this is yep. like, Matt, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. So, you know, the rave scene. Oh, yeah. That's like one of them where you're all sitting there and this like witch orgies happening and the strobes are going and you're just like, what is what and, the fuck? And you're looking at the people next to you. And they're all just like rock hard. I don't know, man. This is wild. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sleep no more is definitely one of those experiences because it's it's no one you're you can't talk and all you're doing is is seeing people's eyes, the other patrons mm-hmm. to make contact with that minute that was pretty cool that's dope. tyler uh for me it was when i uh, i went to go see uh, a band called under oath on their reunion uh, tour. Under called under oath under oath is dope dude uh it was the reunion tour they hadn't like played with their original lineup in about like almost like eight years and Ooh. they disbanded for like six years and it was like the very first show of the tour and like they played their first two albums uh front to back and it was just like so surreal mm. everybody was just like so into it and like i don't know i just never felt like you know that connected with everybody around me at the same time like that right. before Absolutely. so like yeah it was insane that's awesome, man. dude that's wild that's how i felt the first time i saw shaggy live i have a fucked up one. Oh boy you know when i was in uh london yes. i went to see a production of 448 psychosis at rada the royal academy for the dramatic arts um and for those of you who don't know what 448 psychosis is it is a uh, play by Sarah Kane, and it was basically her suicide note. Oh, God. 
Um, so already it's heavy as fuck, but there's like no characters outlined. It's just dialogue. People are like walking in. There's like some couples like holding hands. Like everyone's like super like joyful. I don't think a lot of people understood what they were about to get into. And I was alone and I was sitting front row and the way the stage was, it was basically like a single, um, like runway type stage. So there's like, uh, seating on the North end and the South end. And then there's a strip of a stage. Mm -hmm. So you're watching this man slowly die the entire time. And he is making like really uncomfortable eye contact with you. He's like asking you really like profound questions and then going back into the action. Um, at one point, you literally watch him rip his skin off, which was one of the cool. most amazing effects I've ever seen on stage. But basically, after like an hour and a half of being abused <laughs> as an audience member, uh, he eventually kills himself on stage and the lights come up in the audience and everyone on stage is like either frozen or dead. So you're just like, is it over? Do we clap? Like, what the fuck do we do? And we're all kind of like looking around at each other. No one's smiling. Everyone leaves the theater. No one's holding hands. Everyone's just looking down and super uncomfortable. That's fucking artistic. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I remember like That's going crazy. home, like holding myself because I felt like I was going to have a mental breakdown. Like I just watched someone kill themselves on stage. I need to see it this was now. fucking nuts. It was amazing. Were you the guy in the audience who was just like, it's real. <laughs> well, no, dude, I was the guy who he kept interacting with. At one point he, um, he's like suspended by, uh, two, uh, almost like, um, like jumper not you jumper were just cables. in the wrong seat at the wrong time man i i think i was i was like dead center in the front yeah. row uh and at one point so either way he's suspended by like silks that are attached to the wall and he leans over and blood is dripping off of his face and the blood is falling onto my lap and he just looks at me like with this blank stare and says speak and i don't and then he kills himself. Whoa. Almost making yeah. it my fucking therapy that's after crazy. that, dude. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It was insane. Yeah, so that's one of my favorite experiences. Did you even sleep well for like the next month? Nope. I still have nightmares about it. <laughs> Mason, do you have anything you'd like to add before we uh, we end this bitch? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, just one thing. It's kind of an explanation um, for the bitching so that I can redeem myself so that when uh, I'm conducting the New York Philharmonic in 30 years, they don't go, wow, this guy's a piece of shit and he hates his audiences. Um, <laughs> the, the, reason, the, reason, <laughs> the reason for this bitch... Um, I don't want them to think, wow, these guys are, are pretentious as fuck. Um, no, we are. We are. It's, yeah, we it are. has, right. But at the same time, we're not. It has nothing to do with the 30 seconds that you are interrupting us and has everything to do with the entire show. So imagine if you're reading your favorite book and, you know, it's, it's the book that you can just read from cover to cover and, and somebody just busts into the room in the middle of it. You're already invested. You're already emotionally, intellectually invested in all that. And um, then somebody comes in and ruins it for you. They're like, oh, calm down. I'm only I'm only going to my seat or whatever. Right. But we were already halfway there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and trying to enjoy the moment. And now it's going to take us like 10 minutes to get back into it because we're thinking about how you came in with your bucket of fried chicken. You know? Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to leave it with that. It's, it's not really... The fact that you coughed once, it's the fact that it's going to take us that much longer to, to get back into it and let the actors do what they do best. And that is, um, you know, um, send us a message emotionally and yeah, convey something important. With that, um, we remind you to be considerate when you are an audience member and uh, wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. It's not about you. Stay home. This episode is brought to you in support of local theater companies from Buffalo, New York. For more complaining, visit negativenancies.fireside.fm and follow along on Instagram at negativenancyspod and Facebook at negativenancyspodcast. To send us love letters or hate mail, you can reach us at negativenancyspod at gmail.com. Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancys is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.